Today on Locked On Red Wings, we do a crossover with John Chick of the Locked On New York Rangers as we preview the second matchup against those pesky New York Rangers. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Red Wing fans. As you guys can see, those of you watching on YouTube, we have a very special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by my good friends Brian Fisher and Scott Bentley of Locked On Detroit Red Wings. And uh, guys, I figure, you know, Rangers, Red Wings, obviously playing each other Thursday night. Might as well just jump into it. And uh, first question for you guys, you know, it wasn't too long ago where the Red Wings were having one of the worst seasons that, like, we've ever seen and, you know, having to rebuild and everything. And, here they are just a couple of years later, seven, three and three seems like they're kind of moving in the right direction. Uh, what's it been like for you guys? You know, I, I know it's still early, but you know, growing by leaps and bounds over these last couple of seasons here. I mean, it's been, it's been obviously really nice. Like that's like the first thing that like, first and foremost, it's been really nice this year so far, you know, this year has been weird because like the record looks really good, but when they have lost, they have, lost like it is it is really a a unique situation where the the record is really good but the games that they've lost have been such just complete annihilations that like they are discouraging and you're like wow that's almost counts as like two losses it was what it feels like like eight goals against type of stuff so um no but it's been it's been really nice and obviously this offseason was I don't know, Brian, best, most talent brought in in a single offseason in half a decade, probably longer. Like, I mean, it was it was really, really um, encouraging. And obviously the young talent pool that, that they already had established from last season. And um, it, it's definitely, you know, hope on the horizon type of stuff. Yeah, to be honest, I, I really didn't know. I don't really know how to process how good of a start this has been because you know, last year the Red Wings got out to a in air quotes like hot start as when they were like a game above 500 for the most of the season until it finally fell off. But they're like comfortably above a 500 point percentage right now. And coming into recording on Wednesday here, they were like second in the division still. So I haven't really been able to process. It feels almost like I, it doesn't feel safe is what I'm trying to say is you can't really get comfortable in the Atlantic division, especially with the where the Red Wings are at in the standings, and I absolutely love where they're at and how they're playing. But you know, there's also huge like red flags as well, as in the fact that that five on five they continually get outplayed in almost every single game. The game against Montreal Canadiens, they actually outplayed the Canadiens and lost that game. Go figure. Um, but through most games, they actually get outplayed at five on five pretty pretty often. And also just the amount of injuries that they have had. Obviously, we lost Bertuzzi. Um, who's going to come back soon. Jake Wallman's going to come back soon. Pissick and Fabry are still a ways away. Verona's out indefinitely. Um, now we lost. Sunquish could be coming back. Sunquish could be coming back against the Rangers, in fact. But now uh, Luff is out, what, eight to ten weeks, Scotty, yeah, after having surgery on his a, wrist? Yeah, really dirty hit, honestly, in the Montreal game that led to, yeah, he's out eight to ten. I mean, the Red Wings have been absolutely carried to a 7-3-3 three and three record by exceptional special teams and fantastic goaltending and that's that I, i'm gonna i love it i absolutely love it but i'm not gonna 
I'm not going to ignore. That's what I did last year was the problem is they got out to a hot start and I started to ignore the problems that were blatant. And I'm not going to do that this year because I, the reality is there. I could see the cracks. It's whether or not they address those cracks is going to be what makes or breaks the season for them. I got you. And, you know, uh, Brian, you actually hit on something there that I've, I've, I've glossed over a couple of times. Haven't really talked about it in a lot of detail on my show, but uh, you mentioned how good uh, the Atlantic division is. I mean, the Metro is really good. It's at the point now where you look at the entire Eastern conference, really. And there are like no bad teams. I mean, you've got Columbus. that's like three and nine to start the season. So I guess there's at least one, if you go by their record um, and, and, you know, the center's in a little bit of a tailspin. I think they've lost like six in a row. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's no easy games. There's no teams that you can really rule out as far as being playoff contenders. Uh, just your thoughts on that. I mean, just just an absolutely what seems to be a, just a completely stacked, not just division, but an entirely stacked conference this year, the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean even the teams you just listed, like, you know, one has Johnny Hockey on it. I, that can't be like a, like an easy, easy win, right? Like, they beat the you beat the Rangers. That and, yeah. and um, like, the, the Sens, obviously, like, they – the set, like. Every single year is the Sens year, and I know it's like a funny joke because they have yet to really like live up to it. But in the same breath, they always suck the first month of the season, like always, like perpetually. It's actually remarkable how year in and year out they are terrible for the first like four to six weeks. So like I, I have faith that they'll recover and still be a middle of the pack team in this in our division. Like there is, I don't know, man. Like I I'm I agree with you, and when we've talked about that, Brian and I talked about that going into the season when we were kind of doing our like season outlooks and projections and stuff like the Eastern conference is, is just tough. And, and I think the, the wings are in the best division in hockey and the Eastern conference is the best conference in hockey. I mean, absolutely. The thing that's been wild to me is how it's almost been with, I mean, obviously the Rangers are performing well, but it, as far as my expectations went, it's been almost like the complete 180 of that. I mean, I didn't know where to put the devils. I knew they had all the talent, but I wasn't sure when or if they would ever put it together. I had them like second to last in the Metro and I had the flyers last in the Metro and both those teams out to a hot start. The devils, one of the best teams at five on five so far this season, they dominate five on five play. It's insane. Uh, the Rangers and Carolina are pretty much as advertised, but in the Atlantic division, Montreal or not Montreal, sorry, Tampa Bay and Toronto are off to, you know, more sluggish starts starting to heat up. Now Florida Panthers off to a slow start. The Sabres got off to a hot start and they were quickly racking up wins. And then Buffalo who every year people are like, they're going to fall off or what? 10, two and zero, maybe <laughs> like 12, two and zero. Now it's been a second since I've checked the standings as far as their record goes, but it's been a little bit different than what I thought it would shake out, but there's still some, it's still a highly competitive conference. Like you said, the Penguins went out to the West Coast and started to just lose games, which is nice to see because screw the Pens. Uh, I'm there, yeah. <laughs> but no, the mean, Penguins are nobody's second favorite team. Have you ever yeah, noticed right? that? Like, <laughs> like if you're not a Penguins fan, you don't like them. They're one of your three most disliked teams in the league for sure. It's it's one of those things, uh, John, where the league marketed them so heavily, they were so in your face for so long because of Sidney Crosby that everyone kind of came to hate them by consequence and so if you're not a penguins fan you hate them but and it's still just, fantastic marketing and just yes but also just because crosby and them have been so competitive for so long at and like like have played a, a lot like making the cup and, and everything like have played a lot from both conferences like at some point they've 
beat your team in heartbreaking fashion. Like at some point <laughs> right, they right, have right. they have ruined a, a season for you. And at, at some point, us obviously probably more famously than, than a lot of other teams, but still like uh, they, they have done something dirty to your team at some point. Yeah. Or they beat your yeah. entire nation in heartbreaking fashion. Right. Or, or you lead the forefront for team Canada. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll freely admit a little part of it certainly is jealousy because they've won the cup three times in the Crosby era. Rangers haven't won the cup in almost 30 years now. So that is part of it. But uh, yeah, I, I think we can all agree that uh, the, the Penguins are nobody's second favorite team as, yeah. as I was saying, but uh, turning our attention back to this game here tonight, I'm really intrigued by Detroit's goaltender situation because, you know, before last year, they bring in Djokovic, and he had been great with the Canes, small sample size, but played really well there. Uh, scuffled for you guys last year, not off to a great start this year either. 434 goals against average in five games. And they also bring in Vili Huso this offseason, and he's been awesome. 186 uh, goals against in eight games. So, I mean, how do you guys see this whole thing shaking out, the, the goaltender situation? Is it possible that Huso just kind of runs away with this thing and Djokovic ends up, you know, being the backup? I got I got some stats written down here. <laughs> here um, we go. All right, all right, all right. So <laughs> currently, Vili Huso is third in the league in save percentage, second in the league in goals against average, and fifth in the league in goals saved above expected. So saying he's been fantastic is an understatement. He's been one of the best goaltenders in the league on a team that gives up a lot of shots. If you, I talked about it earlier, but when you look at their course, you look at their shots against, they get outshot in nearly every single game. And he is standing on his head game in and game out. And you ask about how it's shaking out. Nadelkovic started off last season playing very strong and quickly took on an added responsibility because Thomas Grice struggled. And as the season went on and the, and the wear and tear of a full season began to wane on uh, Nadelkovic, he began to struggle as well. And that's when he, that's, when the team started giving up 10 goals a night, he was in net. And so, you know, I, I think that his biggest problem is kind of like what we saw from Peter Morazic back when he was in the Detroit Red Wings. He's, he's susceptible to hot streaks and cold streaks and that he tends to, um, what's the word overplay his position and where he gets himself out of position, trying to overcommit to one side. And that's where goals tend to happen. He does tend to give some soft ones up as well, um, but, but he's not necessarily a bad goalie. And by no means have I given up on Alex Nedeljkovic. Um, He just had a great performance against your Rangers on Sunday night where Sunday evening rather. And he played great and it was a bounce back game. But I mean, that's one good game so far this season. He has definitely struggled um, behind a defense that is much worse admittedly than the Carolina Hurricanes defense was. Meanwhile, Vili Huso has been an absolute stud. And so you're going to want to just continue, you know, except for games where you want to give him a break, like they did in the second half of that back-to-back this past weekend, go back to Vili Huso because like I said, third best in save percentage, second best in goals against average, and fifth best in goals saved above expected. And that for me is the real, the real fun number in goals saved above expected. It means he's been saving... I think it was like 7.5 goals saved above expected. That's an insane number of goals that he has saved oh, yeah. above expected. Like, yeah. I just, Vili Husso all day, every day until his body breaks down. We're running him into the ground. Yeah. Hopefully no, not. It's Hopefully definitely, not. Uh, it's definitely, <laughs> at a minimum, it's a 1A, 1B situation. Yeah. At, at a minimum. And it, it's probably, currently, probably more than that. Yeah. I'm all on the, I'm on the train. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, he's been point. crushing it for sure. No, he he's been great, and I mean, I, I think this is his first real chance to be a starting goalie in this league. And you know, yeah. I'm sure maybe 
bit of a chip on his shoulder, you know, never really getting this opportunity in the past. And I mean, he's still kind of got to hold off the Djokovic a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly an opportunity to be had there. Um, you know, I, I figure guys will we'll continue to break this one down in just a second, but first we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're the always fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And uh, all three of us would just like to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Detroit Red Wings your first two listens every day. And uh, we are free and available on all platforms. And so, um, yeah, so, something, something else I got to ask you guys about because it's one of those things that's always going to be there. Uh, you know, Alexi Lafreniere, Lucas Raymond, and we kind of had this debate the last time. And, uh, you know, Raymond off to a pretty solid start. What do you guys see from him? And, and are you happy with where he is, you know, at, at this point in his career? Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, yes, people are thrilled with where he's at so far in his career, I think. Like, that was that was a, a – on draft night, the feeling was so – don't bring me back to that day. Don't bring me back to that day. No, but it was so unique because we were so upset because that was the year that you alluded to. It was one of the worst hockey teams we've ever seen. And we got gifted with the fourth overall pick. And so that was obviously a very frustrating time. And people were, were rightfully very upset. But I think people jumped on the Lucas Raymond band, not bandwagon, but like hype train, like – Almost immediately, because if you remember on draft night, it was a very much a three-player draft, right? Like it was, it was Laffy, and then it was Byfield, um, and then it was Stutzla, and so everybody was like, "That's the top three. And then after that is where it gets a little shaky. And of course, the Red Wings are terrible and have the fourth pick in a three-player draft. And Raymond was highlighted as the dude that was like, "Hey, this dude just didn't get playing time. Like he just didn't get ice time." with the team that he was with in his draft year. And he did, he had great production when he did play, but he just literally wasn't getting like a lot of ice time. And there was like rumors about, you know, like what his, you know, coach's philosophy was on his team and everything. And, and there was a ton of rumors and stuff swirling around. And so I think people, whether it was a coping mechanism or not really early on, were like, all right, no, this dude's really good. It's just, he didn't get playing time and like, he'll get playing time and be really good. And then due to injuries, amongst other things, made the team probably a lot quicker than people realized, making the team on opening night last season. And uh, hit the ground running, was the Calder favorite for probably the first, what, three months of the season, and then kind of slipped. And Sider's, you know, assurgence obviously kind of took over everything. But, um, yeah, I, I think people are really pumped. And, no, nobody will ever forget. the the Everyone will – compare Laffy and Raymond forever in Detroit just because of you know how uh how that night and how that lottery went down but I no one is upset that we got Raymond and everyone's a huge fan and then everyone really believes in his future for sure literally anytime from here on out to the end of the NHL's 
tenure as a professional sports organization, whenever somebody wins the number one overall pick, I will always say you're welcome. Because if not for the Red Wings getting as screwed as hard as they did in 2020, the lottery system would not have gotten overhauled. The One of the worst team records in modern history, and they, they ended up with the fourth, which yeah. is the worst pick yeah. they could have gotten. And then the Rangers... Was it back to back years? You had second overall in the first, and then first overall, and, and was it yeah. was the first overall year the year you were in the bubble? Like yeah, you made so the playoffs. The way that worked, the, the way that's that why the I was Rangers, so pissed. It's insane the amount of things that had to happen for the Rangers to pick first that year. So first of all, uh, the fact that a team that was going to get eliminated in the bubble right. round, you know, the qualifying round, whatever it was called, you know, there were twenty four teams in the playoffs that year, and it was complete madness, but that had, I don't remember the exact percentage, but that had a very small percentage chance of happening. So it was going to be one of the eight teams that got eliminated in the qualifying round. The Rangers were one of those teams. And so now you've got a one in eight chance. And I remember going into the qualifying round that year, there were certain fans that were saying like, oh man, they should just lose because then they could get the first overall pick. And I'm like, well, what kind of mentality is that? Like you play to win, you're in the playoffs, you know, go win a playoff series if you can. And on top of I that, remember that, on top of that, you've got a one in eight chance. It's not like it's a good chance of happening. And then there I am watching, you know, the lottery that night and, you know, the, the ping pong ball comes up and I see some blue in the logo and it zooms in and there's the Rangers. I was like, oh, my God, we're getting Lafreniere. And of course, you know, a little bit up and down. I mean, the, the points haven't always been there. I'm, I'm still hopeful that he can become, you know, a really good player in this league. Had a nice run in the playoffs last year, but. I mean, man, what what a just whirlwind of events, you know, yeah. that whole that whole process for all of us. I'm so envious, man, of that that draft lock that the Rangers had in what, like I said, back to back years, jump up to number two to get Capo Caco, and then jump up to number one to get Lafreniere, yeah. where it felt like it should have been the Red Wings year. Obviously, I'm very happy with the outcome. I'm very happy with Lucas Raymond. He's been phenomenal. Um, but I mean, I did want to ask you uh about Capo Caco and Lafreniere, because you know, obviously we saw them on Sunday and they're not off to bad starts but for guys who are taken second and first overall you'd expect them to be playing a little bit bigger of a role in the offense and it just doesn't seem like they're quite doing that living up to that expectation again they're not bad but yeah, yeah. um you know you know that that's a fair assessment i, I think at this point you know caco's in year four uh lafreniere is in year three I, I think at this point all of us ranger fans figured that the two of them would probably be a little bit further along than they are uh, there's different reasons for that. Uh, limited power play time obviously holds the points down a little bit. And uh, up until this year, they were mostly both playing on the third line. I mean, you get the occasional cameo in the top six, but for the most part, they were third line players. Um, but I, I will say that I think that both of them have played better this season than their point total would indicate, especially Capo Caco. I would say over the last three or four games, you know, three or four game stretch here, including the game against uh, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, Kako has arguably been the best Ranger forward. You know, he's finally getting it going as far as points are concerned. He's all over the ice. Uh, he is very strong when it comes to puck possession. And that's a skill that he did not take advantage of in his first two seasons in the league. And you can kind of understand why, you know, 18 year old kid. And, you know, who's this hot shot, high draft pick? You know, he probably wants to be a good teammate and set up all his, his teammates for goals and uh, not be a puck hog. But by that same token, nobody's going to get mad at you. If you can drive the play and you can maintain possession and keep possessions alive in the offensive zone, those are all good things. And he's finally starting to do that. Um, he recently, in just this past game, got to play with Mika and uh, with Panarin on the top line. It looks like now for this game, they're going to put the kid line back together. So I'm very curious to see what they can do. You know, obviously, Hedo, uh, Lafreniere, and Kako, that was the kid line last year in the playoffs. They did a hell of a job in the postseason run for the Rangers. You were kind of hoping they could pick up where they left off. 
They haven't really. I mean, they've both been all right, like you said. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, this Ranger team needs a spark right now. And I'm hoping that the kid line being back together, that can provide it. But we shall see. I mean, I, I'm just thinking if those two guys had become the superstars that everyone thought, the Rangers would be just a juggernaut of a team. Because between perennial Norris contender in Adam Fox, you got Panarin, you got Zabinijet is playing well. Chris Kreider is doing a very good job. And you signed Vincent Trocheck. I mean, there's just a lot. Obviously, Igor Shesterkin can't forget him and Matt Vesna candidate. Crazy goalie situation <laughs> Crazy in New York. Yeah. I mean, if those yeah. two guys can become what the Rangers fans had hoped they would become, the I, the they're Rangers are a juggernaut. Young. Yeah, they're still very young. The, I mean, it took McKinnon a few years to become McKinnon. He didn't come right, out of the gate yeah. and was McKinnon immediately. But I mean, it's just those two guys could be make the difference for the Rangers in between being a playoff contender and a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I talked about all year last year, pretty much. You know, the Rangers got off to a good start. You know, there were times where your Igor Shesterkin was kind of bailing them out and stealing wins for them. And, uh, you know, that's all well and good. But the Rangers eventually took off. And the thing that I kept saying all last season through the through the regular season was, you know, if Kako and Lafreniere and you could even throw Philip Heedle in there as well. You know, another former first-round draft pick. If those three guys, or, you know, one or two of them even, if they start to really take off, then that's when this team becomes really dangerous. And uh, we saw that kind of come to fruition in the playoffs this past season. I mean, that that line was, it was a huge part of the uh, the Rangers, uh, the playoff run that they had there. It was it was really cool to see, and, and you just hope that eventually they can get back to that form, and hopefully reuniting the three of them uh, does the trick for them, for sure. Absolutely. You want to talk about the game? Oh, yeah. What do yeah. you got, Scotty? Uh, I guess my biggest thing is, uh, you know, we played y'all relatively recently. Um, and I, I think my biggest thing is just going into this game, what – I don't know if, like, it's too cookie-cutter to just be like, what's going to be different this time? But, like, but I think that this is a, a Rangers team that was si- – significantly better than how they performed. I mean, the, the most recent time we played y'all that, I mean, the, the shots was the most alarming thing, like for what halfway through the game or even through the first two periods, like y'all barely had any shots. Like um, what has, I guess, how have y'all been playing since then? And and what's the outlook for, uh, for this one? Scotty breaking out the y'alls today. Yeah. How I'm about a big it? y'all guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no, the, the only game they've played since then uh, was last night depending on when you're listening to this, I should probably just say what day it was. It was Tuesday night uh, at home against the Islanders. Pretty much a nightmare of a game. You know, the Rangers were down one nothing. They got up 3-1. to one. They're up 3-1 to one going into the third period. Islanders score three goals, and the Rangers lose. And so two straight home games between the Islanders and also the game against your Red Wings, where the Rangers were at home, had a two-goal lead, and lost the game. And these are – it's, you know, it's probably too early to panic, but – by that same token, these are things that we just didn't see from the Rangers last year. This is why all season I felt like they were a dangerous team, despite the fact that they were getting no respect and no credit from anybody. Uh, there were things that they did last year that they're just not doing this year. Uh, last year, for example, excellent third-period team. Second or third in the league in goal differential in the third period. Um, they got away from taking bad penalties. They've been kind of taking some bad penalties so far this season. Um, you know, too many instances this season where they're shooting themselves in the foot. I actually, before we record here, went back and watched the two regulation goals that Detroit scored against them. And not taking any way, anything away from Detroit, very impressive win for you guys coming back from two down on the road. But you look at that, you know, the first goal was the result of a turnover. And then the second goal was the result of just a terrible, sloppy, 
line change where nobody should have been going to the bench. You know, Detroit's rushing up the ice and, you know, three Rangers are just drifting to the bench and, and everybody's hung out to dry as a result of that. So yeah, just, just really weird. This is, these are things that they did not do last season. And uh, you know, three game losing streak right now, they had a four game losing streak earlier this season and it is still early, but sooner or later you got to turn this around because if you continue like this, it gets to a point where, you know, this isn't just a slump anymore. This is like almost who you're becoming. And I'm not there yet. I still think they'll get out of this and they'll, you know, right the ship here. But, man, they need a good showing here going into Detroit, uh, a team that's off to a good start this season. But how about you guys? I mean, any thoughts on, you know, what Detroit has to do to, to come away with two points here and, and, and beat the Rangers for a second time? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is, like I said at the start of the show, five on five, they got to show up. I mean, you have got to – and it's it's tough. And it's, it's, it's hard to say that when – your depth's depth is getting hurt in games. And now, like, like I said, you're getting Sunquist back to replace the injury that just occurred to uh, Luff, more than likely getting him back. They said he was probable to play. But, I mean, you still don't have two of your top six forwards in Bertuzzi and Vrana. So you're asking guys like Kubelik to step up in roles, and he has. I mean, he scored the overtime winner against the Rangers the other day, and he's been phenomenal. He's tied for team-leading points with 15 so far through the season. Um, so you got to step up at five-on-five. Five, um, but do, do you got to get shots on that, dude. They're just not. And obviously they had like 40 shots the other night and they had 36 against the Rangers, but overall they continue to get out shot and they just, and that a lot of that is happening because they get a lot of power plays. They had 40 plus shots on net on Tuesday against the Montreal Canadians because they had seven power plays. And so like, and they're, they're don't get me wrong. It, it's, it's so tough with the Red Wings because their power play is a lot more lethal than it shows their ranking on the NHL right now. Cause NHL has them ranked 27th because just based on percentage. And that's because percentage wise, they're 27th in the league because they blew, I think seven or eight. They didn't score a single one. Montreal took seven or eight penalties against the uh, Red Wings on Tuesday. And the Red Wings didn't convert on a single one, but they looked lethal on every single one. So a lot of the bulk of their shots are coming on the power play. They need to get five on five shots. They get five on five possession. You talked about in the game against the Rangers, um, their regulation goals that occurred happened off the rush. The Red Wings are a one-and-done team. They don't establish zone presence at five-on-five. Five. So really, the biggest thing is getting into the zone and then staying there, not getting into the zone, getting a shot off, and then coming back down the ice. They've been great at scoring off the rush, but that's not a that's not a formula for winning hockey games. Like you said about Shesterkin bailing out the Rangers, uh, Huso's been doing that for the Red Wings just as much. Yeah, th this defense is still very much a work in uh, progress. I, I think that that's the biggest takeaway for me so far this season is is it is undeniably better than it was in the second half of last season when we were talking about one of the worst defenses I've ever laid my eyes on. But like it, it's certainly you know you can go up from there and still not be like that great. <laughs> like that's that's a, it's a low bar, and I think that that's kind of what we're seeing now. To be fair. In the last five games, it's looked marginally better. It's gotten I mean, better, it's, yes. Yeah, like it's it's been really good. And, and the Rangers game right in the middle of that was maybe the best defensive performance of the season, to be honest with you, from, uh, from not only our defensemen, but from our forward group too. Uh, just a, a really a great game defensively. So if they have just like the cheat sheet on the Rangers and just like have you all figured out, then that's great. Like that's... That's obviously a, a recipe for success, but uh, I think the biggest thing is going to be replicating that because um, that is the sole reason that they were able to get back into that game, obviously, and and 
uh, and, and walk away with two points the last time we played you. So uh, I think that for me that's – and then like there's stuff we talk – like Brian and I talk about every episode, like face-offs they're not very good at yet, and then they have to get a lot better in, in the face-off circle and stuff like that. But uh, I think for me, game in and game out, the biggest thing I, I attribute to us playing – a competitive hockey game and not losing, you know, eight to three to Buffalo is just having somewhat competent defense for 60 minutes. And that's been few and far between over the last three, four years. Nonetheless, now, even though it, it is, has objectively taken a step in the right direction. Yeah. I was just looking it up right now while Scotty was, was going on his point of view there. The Red Wings are 27th in shot attempts four and 28th for stopping shot attempts against in the league at five on five. So, I mean, that just to, to combine with what Scotty was just saying it, there's this team, like I said, at the start of the show is the hot start they're getting off to is great, but it's mostly carried by phenomenal power play, phenomenal penalty kill and great goaltending. Cause at five on five, if you play a clean game against us, Irving's probably aren't going to score that often, yeah. which it stinks to say, and I hate being pessimistic when the team's seven, three, and three, but you know, Our those coach are the, says that's it the thing. Daily. He says it daily. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> he literally, in his immediate availability every single day, goes, Yeah, we're just got to get better. We're not a very good five on five team. He'll just say it like, Yeah, we're not very good there. And like, before, we have to get better. And like, before it's, the it's Red an Wings, objective truth. Yeah. First regulation loss, he had a pregame media availability. And everyone's like, Are you like, he, the Red Wings were what, like 4-0-2 to start the season, I think yeah, it was? Yeah, they hadn't had a regulation. They yeah. hadn't had a regulation loss. Last team in the league not to have a regulation loss. And they were like, how excited are you at the hot start? He's like, it's nice to see, but, I mean, unless we get better at 5-on-5, five five, it's not going to keep going. And then they lost that night because they couldn't play at 5-on-5. Five five. It was like, yeah. oh, wow. So he knows what he's talking about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting to hear that because even last year, you know, when the Rangers were having a good year and having their playoff run, the, the knock that everybody had on the Rangers – and it's not unfair, but um, it was that they weren't like the best five on five ever, especially compared to some of the other playoff teams, some of the other elite teams in the league, and that they were kind of over-reliant on their power play. Um, and, and I think that's kind of continued a little bit this season. So I suppose something has to give when these two teams are playing each other 5v5. Somebody's <laughs> going to break out of it, have a big night for themselves. Um, a really good penalty kill, though. Yeah. Ninth in the league, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think they are. I was checking it before. I think Detroit's at number nine right now for PK. Rangers are kind of middle of the road. But, um, yeah, I figure you guys want to end. Uh, we, we can throw out some predictions as far as who's going to win or who's going to score goals. You guys want to start with this? So we've actually transitioned away from the total, like the goal predictions because it's okay. just like we're, we're going to pick our team to win. You're going to pick your team to win. That's how it goes. Instead, we've been using betonline.net um, over under totals. Uh, okay. predictions for these games and the over under number total number of goals scored between the two game two goal let me start again you got over it over under total number of goals scored between these two teams thanks scotty for always believing in me is six so are we saying between the two teams they'll hit over six goals or under six goals john i want to start with you all right, well, I was going to say three to two Rangers, although I, I will admit I actually picked against them uh, doing the really? crossover with Gil. Uh, you can't pick them every single episode or you're just going to lose cre credibility. But I think they'll <laughs> I think they'll find a way to win this one three to two. The goalies are too good. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, the Rangers haven't really been scoring goals at quite the clip that you expect them to. I, I think it could turn into a little bit of a grind. And I think the Rangers will tighten things up defensively, especially uh, with what happened the last time they played Detroit, giving up some goals in the rush. 
So, yeah, to me, I, you never know for sure, but it has the makings of kind of a lower scoring game. So I will say three to two Rangers. And because uh, in our crossover with Gil, I mentioned that I thought Filipino would score a goal. That hit for me. So I'm going to go with Filipino again. I think he scores another goal against Detroit here. Rangers take it three to two and take the under for, for bet online there. But uh, I'll, I'll toss it to you guys. What do you got? Um, I, you know, I think you're right with the under. I think that this is this has under written all over it, which is why naturally the over will be what happens. But th- oh, yeah. this game really does have have under written all over it. Um, and, and you know, for as much as we talked about kind of the the I don't know if struggles are the right word, but the shortcomings that the Red Wings offense still has in some areas, they're scoring a, a solid amount of of goals a night, and they're going out there and producing. So. I think it's it's possible that – I don't think the over is completely out of the question, but I, I will take the under. And, yeah, you know, I was thinking – I was thinking like 3-2 wings or 4-2 or with an empty net or wings or something like that. So I, I think we're – I think we kind of all, all agree that it's going to be a really close – a close game, just like the last time. You know, we just played, y'all, and it went into overtime. So um, I, I think that that's, that's probably safe. I, and – Man, for players on the wings, I don't know. Like Raymond might stay hot. He's been he's been feeling himself lately, so that might be an, uh, a nice one. You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Um, Moritz Sider doesn't have a goal yet this year. That that changes when this one. I'm gonna go. I I'm like gonna go a little, little spicy with it. We're gonna have uh, Moritz Sider first goal of the season, and uh, I'll I'll go four two with an empty net or wings. I like that a lot. So both the uh, Rangers and the Red Wings are near the bottom of the league in goals four per 60 minutes. So I'm definitely taking the under on this one. Red Wings haven't scored more than three goals in a game. Um, I think since the, what the Anaheim ducks game, Scotty, uh, they, when they won like five to one, I think, yeah. cause the Sabres, they scored what two or three. And then, yeah, it was like two to one or three to two ever since Correct, then. Yeah. So definitely taking the under in this one, because especially if it's Shesterkin and who's so in that, I'm thinking it's going to be a goalie battle all the way through the end. And as far as the score prediction goes, yeah, I, I got I just got this gut feeling it might be Rangers in this one. I think it might be a tough two-one loss to the New York Rangers this time around. Get a little bit of payback, and for the lone you goal know. score for the Detroit Red Wings, um, hmm, you went with Cider. I'm gonna stay with the hot hand and say Lucas Raymond's gonna get a goal in this one. You know, he started off the season. He only had two assists. He had two assists through the first seven games. Fun fact. In the next six games, he hasn't registered a single assist, but he's had five goals. So he exchanged two assists in seven games for five goals in six. It's so a trade-off. It's a quite the trade-off. So he's come alive in scoring production. I think he's going to carry that over in this game and get that that lone goal for the Detroit Red Wings, but definitely hitting that under. All right, and I think with that, we can uh, we can pretty much call it a day here. But, uh, gentlemen, this is a pleasure, as it always is, and uh, definitely looking forward to doing another crossover in the future, as long as you guys are up for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And uh, Ranger fans, Red Wing fans, we'll see you guys next time.